This is the Andrew Burchett Podcast, Episode 12, Freedom Defined by Jesus. In the Mariner's Museum of Newport News, Virginia, there's a special display for a rickety homemade aluminum kayak. It's a tiny makeshift boat, and it seems oddly out of place among all the impressive displays of navy vessels and artifacts from significant battles on the sea. However, there is a small plaque that tells museum visitors the heroic story behind this humble little kayak. In 1966, an auto mechanic named Loriano and his wife Consuelo decided that they could no longer live under the oppression of Cuba's totalitarian regime. So after spending months collecting scrap metal, they pieced together a boat just barely big enough for two small people. Then Loriano jury-rigged a small lawnmower engine on the back of the kayak. After months of planning and on a moonless night, they set out in the treacherous straits of Florida, wearing only their swimsuits, their supplies consisting of just enough food and water for two days, and after 70 hours, the U.S. Coast Guard rescued the couple just south of the Florida Keys. Was it worth the risk? Loriano said, When one has grown up in liberty, you realize how important it is to have freedom. We live in the enormous prison which is Cuba, where one's life is not worth one crumb, where one goes out into the street and does not know whether or not one will come back because the political police can arrest you without warning and put you in prison. Before this could happen to us, we thought that going into the ocean and risking death or being eaten by sharks is a million times better than to stay suffering under political oppression. And this brave statement fit because this family bravely fled from oppression to freedom. And as Christians, we too have left the oppressive kingdom of darkness to find freedom in God's kingdom of light. We are no longer slaves to sin, but called sons and daughters of the king, forgiven and free. John 8.36 says, If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. So now on the shores of a new life, it's easy to use your freedom selfishly. Galatians 5 talks about this when Paul says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we have been set free as Jesus followers so that we can fulfill the command of Jesus to love others. Our freedom is not so that we will be without limits to appease our cravings at any time or whatever cost. Too many Jesus followers don't understand this and believe that freedom knows no limits, and if it's limited, it should not be called freedom. But Jesus chose freedom with limitations, and Jesus embraced limitations in leaving heaven to come to earth as a helpless baby 
born in a stinky stable. There is no one that has surrendered more freedom than Jesus. Look at what the Apostle Paul teaches us about Jesus choosing to submit to limits and boundaries in Philippians 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus, the limitless one, chooses to live within boundaries and limits for the sake of love. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so Jesus came that we might be free, to be freed from oppression of darkness and to enjoy his freedom and kingdom of light. But if we embrace freedom without limits, it brings destruction. We think about Adam and Eve. They tried to become like God, which means living without limits, when they ate the forbidden fruit in Genesis 3. They wanted to free themselves of their limitations, but in the process, their sin brought in the ultimate limitation of death into the world. When we live without limits and boundaries built into our understanding of freedom, we try to act like God. No matter how hard we try, we can never attain God's attributes of omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence, being always presence everywhere and being all-knowing and all-powerful. And we choose to go against his commands thinking, I've got freedom and I won't suffer any consequences for this sin. I'm different. I can life hack my way through this and cheat the system. But what does God's word say? Galatians 6 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In Bible speak, this is saying, Nope, you can't use a cheat code to get around the truth that God has spoken to us. And many Christians think, well, I'll just do this wrong thing. I'll get forgiveness and there'll be no consequences. And yet, the Bible is very clear that God is not mocked and that we will reap what we sow. There will be consequences even though we will be forgiven. And I'm really saddened by the pain and the struggle in my Christian friends who feel that they have been set free to do anything they want at any time because they've been forgiven, so it doesn't matter. But Paul explains that everything is permissible in 1 Corinthians 10. But he goes on to say, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. We're tempted to overindulge in good things, all in the name of, I've got freedom in Christ. 
while not understanding the damage it may be doing to ourselves, to our relationships, and to those who are watching our lives in utter confusion. Many who follow Jesus are also just quick to sin, simply justifying their actions in their own minds that it won't matter because I'll be forgiven. The other way they push the envelope in misusing freedom is simply living like we're God who has no limits. This usually presents itself more subtly with the inability to say no and a person becoming hopelessly overcommitted and burned out. Jefferson Bethke writes, we are chasing freedom yet becoming slaves. My guess is that this is because we have a wrong elementary view of freedom. True freedom has inherent restraints, boundaries, bumpers, and limits. But limits is a 21st century swear word. So where have you lived in an excess in the name of freedom? What is the Holy Spirit showing you about what areas you have taken freedom out of its proper context? Have you had difficulty saying no to others because you're constantly worried that you'll not be admired or worse yet, you might be rejected? As for me and my house, we will embrace boundaries and limits. Choosing to limit ourselves by following what our loving Father has said in His Word and we will not be pharisaical and legalistic, but we will live freely within the spacious boundaries of the kingdom. I choose this understanding of freedom. This is what will allow me to use my freedom to love others and fulfill the command of Jesus. I believe this is what Jesus intends as he uses the word freedom. <laughs>